Good morning. They say confession is good for the soul, and uh, in James it says you should confess your sins to one another. And this morning uh, I will uh, recount uh, a grievous indiscretion that uh, I took part in, in in my college years. I met Renee in speech class in the fall of 1970, and we had a brief relationship that resulted in a pregnancy. I recall the day she thought she was pregnant and she would go to the free clinic to have a test done to find out for sure. The test was positive. The carefree nature of our relationship suddenly ended and we were in shock. After several hours, we talked about what should be done. Renee was talking marriage and I talked marriage, but I was just humoring her. Really, I was disappointed because it was Michigan week and now I had this burden that would ruin all the excitement and fun of Michigan week and the game. It was very immature and selfish, but that was my mindset. Renee was set on marriage, and she was choosing names for the child. Romans 28 says, all things work together for good for those who love God. But I think Satan has his own rendition. All things work together for evil for those who do not know God. Renee's parents were practicing members of the Jewish faith. They saw me as a Gentile hippie that was ruining their daughter's chance for a great career. Renee was very talented. My father was a doctor with connections to arrange for the elimination of my inconvenient situation. I told him I wasn't ready for marriage, and he knew my immaturity and, and my track record for uh, responsibility was very poor. Somewhere in that conversation, uh, abortion came up. It was legal in New York at that time. And he could make arrangements and fund the procedure. Somehow I knew Renee's parents would agree to these arrangements. Renee and I had told them of the pregnancy, and to put it mildly, it was not well received. So all the arrangements were made without Renee's knowledge. How to tell Renee? This was the most difficult part. Having no grace or compassion, I decided on a blunt, direct statement. <clears throat> I went to her apartment and blurted out the words to this effect. I, I don't think it's best for both of us that we should get married. And I just walked out. The encounter is a stinging memory. I needed to get the money for the procedure to Renee's father. We had a face-to-face -face meeting at his office. And he made his feelings known concerning my glaring lack of character. Renee went to New York over Christmas and I went home. I was amazed by how quickly I could put the unpleasant situation behind me. Renee called several weeks later after the fact and said everything had gone well and that she was comfortable with the outcome. Time passed with no ill effects and I was still pursuing the live-for-the-moment lifestyle. Then several years, after several years of nagging guilt seeped into my life, a sobering realization that I had been an accomplice in a murder and that I had involved my father and, of course, Renee. This nagging escalated into early morning torture. At first, a couple of times a month, then progressing into a couple of times a week. During one especially bad episode, I walked in front of the bathroom mirror and I saw a cold-blooded baby killer looking back at me. 
All the wreckage of my past came vividly to the front of my memory. Alcohol was my fix, but that had diminishing returns and on occasions made things worse. It was not depression, it was guilt. What would be the relief for my heavy remorse? About that time, Betsy came into my life and we married. She was looking for God through Christianity and suggested we should attend church. That was fine. I'd been raised in the Catholic Church and rather liked it. We settled on West Hope Bible Church because Betsy valued the Bible teaching there. While accompanying Betsy to church, I became very interested in the scriptures that dealt with forgiveness. The passage about the paralytic and his friend held a special message for me. Son, your sins are forgiven. The Holy Spirit, through the scriptures, was convincing me that Jesus was God and he could take care of my guilt and shame. The tax collector's prayer of Luke 18 seemed to be right for me. He was a creep too. And Jesus said that the tax collector had gone home justified after making his simple request for forgiveness. Luke 4.8 says, Christ led the captives free and gave gifts to men. Christ led me out of my captivity of shame and also gave me great gifts. Firstly, his Holy Spirit. And in addition, he gave me a godly spouse and three children who are all maturing in Christ. I certainly did not deserve any of these blessings. In fact, I deserve God's harshest punishment. But Jesus is very gracious and merciful. I'm confident the soul that I conspired to eliminate is with Jesus, and I pray that Renee is walking with Christ. I would like to thank Jesus for leaving heaven to die for sinners. Without him, my life would be worthless and miserable, and my eternal destiny would be forever tragic. The command of God that I neglected and our nation is neglecting is most fundamental for mankind. Thou shalt not kill. I know you